All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest to another edition, another episode, if you will, of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy is joining you here from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful, hot city in Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, Scott. Yeah, it's a little... uh... A little hot as usual here. This um, well, it's a little hotter than usual. Actually, it's normally only supposed to be about 100, 200 people. We've been <laughs> well above that, but we had some clouds roll through here. Some pop up thunderstorms are finally starting to see some maybe monsoon type weather that we should have been seeing about the beginning of this month or even into July. So uh, I guess we just shift the calendar a little bit. But you know, when we got hockey in August, everything this year, everything just seemed like it shifted four months. There was a three or four month period where nothing was going on, and now everything's just kind of shifting including what we're going to talk about tonight with the ACHA season as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we do here. We talk club hockey, but there is so much stuff to talk about. I mean, we know the hockey is going on in the NHL, and we talk about that as well. And NCAA hockey lost a uh, school again today. So now we went from 60 to 61 to 62, back to 61. Um, all kinds of stuff happening out there. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to this, Stephen, but there was just an update uh, provided by Craig Barnett, uh, the executive director. I, yeah, have you, I, mean, I know. Have I you heard just, it? I, well, no, I, was, I just saw that. I wish I would have seen it earlier today. I was out doing stuff, but I just watched a couple minutes of it, uh, but I haven't had a chance to watch, listen to the whole thing yet. So, Well, uh, here's, here's what I want to try, if, it's, if you're okay with it. I want to try. Play it? it it's try about play 10 it? minutes. I'm going to try to play it and see if we can hear it because okay. – I don't know it, but I think it's important because we all want to know what's going on. So let's start off the show by listening to Craig Barnett, the uh, ACHA Executive Director, uh, and see what he has to say. Good afternoon. My name is Craig Barnett. I'm the Executive Director of the ACHA. Today is Tuesday, August 18th. And I'd like to use this opportunity to briefly update our membership on the 2020-21 season. We certainly continue to go through some uncertain times right now as we're trying to plan for school, we're trying to plan for our families, and we're trying to plan the sports season. In particular, we're trying to plan to have a great season for ACHA student-athletes. It's not easy, and we appreciate your patience as we try to work out the details across 48 different states and many different local and state governances. As many of you know, we opened up our registration portal on August 3rd. Many teams are in the system now planning and registering their team for this coming season. If your team has not received a link regarding the USA Hockey slash ACHA portal, please reach out to myself or most Stromo so we can provide you that link and you can start your planning for the 2021 season. One of the changes that we did make recently is regards to the national tournament. The 2021 National Tournament in Boston, Massachusetts has been pushed back three weeks to April 20 or April 15th through the 20th. This was done with membership feedback and the tracking that we have done regarding our membership, knowing that most of our teams will not be able to start to January. By pushing the National Tournament back, this provides three additional weeks in the spring semester for the majority of our teams 
that will be missing games or having to cancel games in the, in the fall semester. Hopefully, you'll understand that this decision was made in the best interest of our membership and our student athletes so they could have a legit season in the spring semester. What's new now and what we're planning for right now is based on those changes that we've made is what the season will look like in the spring. So our divisional commissioners right now are looking at season recommendations to make regarding modifications. And what I mean by modifications are within your division, what does the minimum game requirement look like? How are rankings going to work? How are teams going to qualify for nationals? Is anything different from what it would be if we were back in a normal season? All these modifications is important for us to look at in advance so you can plan your season accordingly. So our five divisional commissioners right now, M1 being Brian Moran, M2 being John Eccles, M3 being Derek Connor, W1 being Molly Mahoney, and W2 being Taylor Hadley, are currently talking to membership, discussing these logistics with them to determine what would be best in the springtime to provide a season of, for our student athletes to enjoy and to qualify for the national tournament. If you as membership have not been contacted yet or have not been uh, informed about some of these, these possibilities, I strongly encourage you to reach out to your divisional commissioners, maybe an M2, M3 situation, you reach out to your regional coordinators to provide some feedback. It is very important for us to make sure our membership is involved in these discussions so we can provide a season for you within your division what is best for your student athletes. Obviously M1 will handle things different than M2, will handle things different than W2 and everybody else. So we wanna make sure that uh, you, you have some feedback in this. The proper protocol for this is the divisional commissioners will make recommendations to, to the ACHA staff, that being myself, Mo Stromal and Dave Kurtz. We go through those recommendations, looking at financial implications and some logistical implications. And once we're good with it, we will make the recommendation to the board. The board will approve this modification based on the operating policies due to the pandemic situation. We wanna make sure we go through the appropriate uh, bylaws and protocols in our manual to, to make adjustments uh, in, in August for our 2021 season, again, based on the pandemic situation. So please, I'll reemphasize one more time, please, um, we, we want your feedback, we want you to have a voice, and if you have not had any conversations with the divisional commissioners, please reach out to them so your voice can be heard. As far as player eligibility goes, there's a lot of questions regarding that because of the situation that we're in. Uh, we are working on a document right now, it is in the divisional commissioner's hands for review and feedback. And once we receive that back, we will have that going out to the membership so you know how eligibility will be handled in this unprecedented time. On that note, as a follow-up to this video message, I will have a memo going out to our membership, hopefully this Friday. This Friday, that memo will, will summarize a lot of what I'm talking about here with this video message, as well as documentations on the eligibility piece and a couple other pieces that I will mention right now. So just a couple tidbits um, for some updates for our members. Uh, this is a rule change year. This is an NCAA rule change year. What's happened right now to bring you up to speed is the NCAA Rules Committee have made recommendations and are now putting it forth to the NCAA for approval. 
Um, the NCAA will be meeting at the end of August to, to look at the rule recommendations and give it its blessing. Once that is done, the ACHA will review the new NCAA rules to see how it affects the ACHA. And once we look at that, we will get that into our membership's hands right away. As far as the website goes, we communicated back in the spring to our membership that the ACHA now is in the process of purchasing its own website, which we're really excited about. Uh, we've been developing it uh, throughout the whole summer with Integrass Sports. Um, Integrass Sports is a, is a, a worldwide leader in integration solutions, and they work with several national governing body organizations to develop their, their websites and their backend support. So we are very close now to be launching. Our target date right now is our new website will be launched on September 1st. Um, I have provided information to teams, ACHA teams and ACHA conferences for opportunities for them to at least look at the websites provided by Integras to see if that's something that you wish to do. I will once again in the memo on Friday uh, include that information for you for your consideration. The last two points I want to make more are to um, coaching opportunities in terms of professional development and so forth. Um, we've been very fortunate this spring and summer during our, our downtime of no hockey to have, have had the opportunity for our coaches to participate in some seminars. First, it was the National Hockey League's Coaches Association um, seminars presented by coaches that uh, we had over 225 coaches within the ACHA partake in. That went over very well, and we were very excited to be part of that. Um, most recently, the American Hockey Coaches Association um, had a program this, this past month called Coaches for Coaches Seminar Series. So we had several coaches, close to 100 coaches, be able to participate in those seminar series. Knowing that many of our coaches weren't able to participate in that because the seminars took place during the day, uh, we now have the links to all those presentations, and I will include that in the memo that's going out on Friday. So for those coaches that were unable to participate in the AHCA Coaches for Coaches Seminar Series, um, there's some pretty good things in there. There's some pretty good presentations made by fellow coaches um, and colleagues of yours. So hopefully you'll get a chance uh, in your downtime to click on the links and to review some of those presentations. Finally, uh, one of the things that we've been able to do is work with several NHL teams over the last year or two to uh, work on college fairs with them. We've had the opportunity to talk about the ACHA and these respective NHL teams' communities, such as the Chicago Blackhawks and most recently the Washington Capitals. Um, based on the success of the Washington Capitals in particular, because it was a virtual college fair, we have now been approached by the Anaheim Ducks out in, in, uh, on the West Coast to be a big part of their high school college fair. So I will have some information going out to our membership regarding the Anaheim Ducks College Hockey Fair that's gonna take place the week of September 20th. Because it's virtual, our entire membership could participate in this if we wish. It gives our members an opportunity outside of the region of Western California um, to take part in, in present your hockey program, your school, your academics to California high school hockey players. And we all know that that California market is starting to develop a lot of really good hockey players over the last decade or so. So hopefully uh, this information will be well received by the ACHA members 
Um, you'll have contact information there to reach out to the, the two people that are overseeing this program. And hopefully it can be as successful as the Washington Capitals Virtual College Fair was earlier this summer. So on that note, I will be getting a memo out to our members. Please keep in mind uh, the feedback that we'd like to get uh, from you to your divisional commissioners regarding season modifications based on the pandemic situation. Please keep in mind the registration process that is currently open now. And if you need the link, please reach out to us. And we've also addressed the player eligibility issue that uh, we're currently getting review from and feedback from. And we should have out to our members shortly. So until our next time, until some more changes happen, stay safe and please wear a mask. Thank you for your time. Well, uh, Stephen, what do you think about that? That's uh... Uh, a lot of information, a lot of it uh, maybe uh, more pertaining to the coaches and stuff, but I think that is a confirmation that we're going to start in January and that we're going to have a uh, a national tournament move back three weeks. You know, I heard I heard a little bit different, though. I, I, I heard that it sounds like that for those schools that can still play in the fall, that they'll still be able to play in the fall. I mean, it didn't seem like didn't, – I didn't get a clear answer that, that everybody was going to be starting in, in January. There the, – but I mean, they're going to look at the the, the schedules, I guess. But um, I mean, uh, that's what I took out of that. I mean, so it sounds like that if there's those that can play in the fall, can will still be able to play in the fall. But you know, for the majority, what she said, the majority at this point will not be able to start on time. That um, that's why the postponement of the tournament they put more time in the back end to fill games, and they're going to look at what uh, the minimum number of games you need to play, how the rankings will work, which we you know which we talked about how how that might work this year. Uh, when we had Coach Berman on earlier this month, um, what the qualification for the national tournament is going to be. You know, we kind of discussed maybe some ideas that would be floated around for that. So um, so it's unlike that maybe there's still going to be, be some games in the fall for the schools that can participate. But, but for the majority of the league, yeah, it probably won't be till January. But it didn't get a clear cut yeah. that, that everybody yeah. was going to start in January. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that might be for other places uh, outside of our area. I mean, I think we're pretty clear with the WCHL, and we'll have Chris Perry on next week and uh, get a little more confirmation from him. But it certainly appears that the WCHL will start in January. I think, um, you know, UNLV certainly said they're not playing in the fall, and so is ASU, and so is Grand Canyon, and so is U of A. So all of our four schools in D1 anyway will not be participating in a, uh, uh, any fall activity until January. So uh, I think that will be adjusted. Like we said, we did talk a little bit about uh, some modifications for the national tournament. I don't think that's been determined yet other than Although, the fact that it will be moved back three weeks. And, and you heard that uh, St. Louis, but it sounds like it's still planned for Boston. So that, that's, the, the, that's what I got from that. Uh, you had mentioned that maybe it was going to be moved to, to St. Louis, but uh, that you heard that. But it sounds like they're still going to keep the tournament in Boston. It's just going to be pushed back to April. So Well, and, and I, might have some, uh, I might have some more information on that in a couple of weeks. I'm uh, going to be sitting down with the uh, head coach at the university, or Maryville University in St. Louis, uh, let's see, a week from, a week from Sunday. So uh, we do a little Sunday special, and he would be the guy that would – his school would be the host school for the national tournament in the St. Louis area. So I mean, we know we know it's coming uh, to St. Louis. It's supposed right, to come in next right. 20, 2022, but, but maybe, you know, there'll be some shuffling around there. But at least from what I got from that video, it sounds like it's still Boston, but maybe there's more to come on that too. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, I can't say for certain that I can uh, – 
that I that I know, but who knows? I mean, everything, the one thing we do know, Stephen, is that everything's up in the air, right? I mean, this pandemic has not gone away. It's lessened in some areas, but schools are going back to in-class, some of them anyway, going back to uh, in-person classes, and they're finding out that they're getting a lot more cases, and they're having to shut down, and, and it's kind of our worst nightmare as far as that goes. But then other schools are, are going to push right through it. So um, I don't and think we... We have a full grip on it yet. Yeah, and, and we're seeing that with, with – and I always bring football because it's like the biggest – it's kind of you look at it because the biggest moneymaker sport for, for college athletics and certainly for the NCAA. And we saw a lot of conferences uh, decided that it was just not safe to, to play in the fall, certainly in the Mountain West Conference here out west where, where UNLV is a member of for, for their NCAA sports, uh, most of them at least. Uh, Pac-12, same thing with the fall sports. They're all, you know, all sports till January postponed in the Pac-12, which certainly ASU and the NCAA programs are, they're in football and basketball, the big programs are part of that. And, uh, and yeah, and we're seeing that with some of the other conferences, like Big Ten, you know, but, but we're seeing some, some conferences like SEC or some of the independent schools, they're, they're still planning to try to play football and, and the other sports. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays, especially if you're going to have some football games if they're going to take place in the fall, and then those are going to try to do a spring season in, yeah. the, in the spring. How are you going to how are you going to do that? I mean, you, if you how are you going to how are you going to have a season in the fall? You're gonna, you I can't. think you can't. You get you everybody. Everybody's got to do one or the other. I think. Or you're going to. I mean, how you know how are you going to do that crown a national champion if there is going to be one? If you're going to have some schools that are going to still try to play football in the fall, and then you got these others that say no, we're not going to play till the spring. So I, I don't. Well, this may be a blessing in disguise, Stephen. But from my eyes, I think what that might do is unify everything. I mean, they might have to finally have one voice. I mean, they've been talking about it for years in college football that they need to have one voice, one playoff series for, you know, the, the big five conferences or whatever. Um, here's the interesting thing, though, from the NCAA side of things. ASU has an NCAA hockey team. ASU's NCAA hockey team, which starts in October, is classified as a winter sport, not a fall sport. Mm. So we have not heard yet that uh, ASU will not be playing hockey in the quote-unquote fall because they don't really have to follow that policy if they're a winter sports program. So uh, there was a very interesting thing we talked about last night on, on uh, our NCAA show that um, Bob Mosco, the head coach at the University of Minnesota, said he has a plan to play 34 games. And, He's got them on a schedule, and he's going to, you know, he thinks they're going to play 34 games somehow, some way, um, before they get to the national tournament. Now, we also had Connor Stewart on, an NCAA player, at Sun, at, you know, with the Sun Devil program, and uh, he led me to believe that they're just hoping that they can get enough games in to have a national tournament. So uh, there's still a lot up in the air. Um, I guess that's to be expected with the pandemic, and I, I'm sure a lot of it's got to do with, Certainly at ASU is, you know, who can they play because they're in a non-conference, don't have a conference. Um, and like I said, they lost Alaska Anchorage now, which decided to uh, cut their program. And I say that with air quotes, Stephen, because that, that announcement from Alabama Huntsville came out too, and then a week later it was reinstated. So um, <laughs> uh, all we know is that we don't know, right? I guess what we do know is the NHL is going great guns, and we're going to talk about that tonight, too, just because I think it's important. But let's take a quick break, and then uh, let's come back, and let's you and I talk about something that is going to happen 
about a week and a day from now when uh, I'm going to be joining you up in Las Vegas for the uh, annual UNLV Rebel Golf Tournament fundraiser. And um, we'll talk about that in about three minutes. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena, stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day, College Bar and Grill. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with M-Drive. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game and style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you as always from, well, I shouldn't say always, but most of the time from Scottsdale, Arizona. We're at the Toasty uh, 106 right now. And uh, Stephen Marsh joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, Stephen, uh, big golf tournament coming up. Uh, we're going to be there. I understand it's sold out completely. We got probably one of the last whole sponsorships. So I hope you're ready for some heat and uh, visiting with about 144 of our closest friends. Socially distanced, of course, with masks on and everything. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Bunch of, of hand course. sanitizer and whatever else we need to, to do to protect ourselves. We can bring some of the OxyPal hand sanitizer that we have. We'll definitely have that, and we will be outside, obviously. Outside, at that's course, right. At the Bears exactly. Best up in Las Bears Vegas, Best. which is fantastic golf course. Uh, I was there last year. It was hot, uh, but I enjoyed being out there and seeing the guys. And it's a great, um, not only fundraiser, but it's a great oh. way to bring the teammates together for UNLV because all of their guys will be here, I believe, and uh, we'll be helping out with the tournament to uh, – you know, to make sure that the fundraiser goes as planned. Yes. Yeah, the players should be there. I believe they're starting to come back as the semester gets ready to start. Uh, I mean, whatever that may look like. And I know there still will be some 
classes on campus, a lot will be online. Uh, but you mentioned Bears Best, of course, uh, as a nice golf course designed by uh, Jack Nicholas. Uh, so everyone knows who that is, of course, a big name in, in uh, golf. Of course, he uh, has a golf course in uh, Scottsdale, Desert Mountain, uh, Castle Pines in Colorado. He's chosen holes in these courses, Polymer Golf Club. So this is Bears Best is, is a nice golf course. It's in the Summerlin area in, in Las Vegas. So uh, it's been there every year that UNLV's done the, the hockey uh, golfing. I've never been able to actually go out myself since I've been involved with the UNLV program to go out there to do it. I've always had something else to took up my time. But now this year, obviously, I'll be out there helping, helping ice time out and you, Scott, and seeing the UNLV hockey folks as well. And, and um, hopefully we'll put together some great features for that. And we'll, of course, have some stuff to give out to people at the golf course. So we'll look forward to it. We'll tease that right now because I've already got the stuff uh, ready for that. We've got uh, a numerous, numerous amount of t-shirts from our pandemic playoff podcast that we'll have available, the new design. Uh, We also have uh, some masks, some new masks um, that are not the Gator masks that uh, also have our logo on. We'll have plenty of those to give away to those that would like. And probably the best deal, Stephen, is if you own a business in Las Vegas, you need to get out there because we've got a $500 coupon that's good off of our corporate partnership. So save yourself $500, get a year of uh, corporate partnership advertising with us here at Ice Time Hockey Southwest. And, you know, most of all, uh, raise some money for UNLV hockey. And uh, let's make sure that when they do start playing that they're they're well-funded and well-equipped and ready to go. So we're excited to be a part of it. Our first year that we actually are able to to be a part of the the event. So, Looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting to all of our ACHA sites eventually uh, as soon as they have something that we're able to do. We do have, uh, of course, a board signed with the uh, Arizona State team, which is uh, a great form of uh, support and advertising for us down there as well. So things are booming. We're looking forward to seeing everybody out there. I don't know. I haven't heard. I know Jason Zucker was there last year. I don't know being Pittsburgh's out of the playoffs and with the pandemic and all if he's coming out, but uh, you never know who you're going to see out there. There's a lot of great golfers and, and I, great hockey players. And I believe uh, believe Kenny McCutton in the past has been out there when he's been here to help with the uh, help helping with the, the team before the season starts. Obviously, now the season's a little delayed, so I don't know when they're actually going to start training camp. I think they're not able. They're not going to be able to do really any team stuff. This, from what I understand, from what Coach Vignier Gruner was texting me last week, that the golf tournament will be really the only thing they can do together officially as a team until they figure out exactly what parameters they can for practicing and getting together for team stuff before the season actually starts in January. So, um, so this will be a chance for the team to get together. Obviously the season ended abruptly in March. Well, abruptly, at least the national tournament, they got the full, (laughs) they got the full season in, but they were preparing for the tournament as we know. And then of course Uh, everything, the dominoes fall and then, and then all them probably, you know, then the campuses all went to virtual. So then they all just kind of had to, league i think a lot of them obviously went back home early and started doing their classes online so they're going to get able now to start coming back to get together and be part of this and so i'm sure that'll be great for the team to be have this opportunity to get together if you know as, as, a, as a team event um even if this will be the only official team thing until it gets closer to the, the now the official start of the season in january so um so yeah it should be it should be uh, a lot of fun um but about Kenny McCutton, of course, Columbus just knocked out of the playoffs. So I'm, I doubt that he'll be there, but but next week. But uh, you never you never know. Obviously, he's uh, got to get out of the bubble first. <laughs> right. Well, I think that that task has been done. <laughs> Thanks to their loss today, they'll be leaving the bubble uh, soon. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, the the here's the thing, Stephen. So much has actually changed. We the pandemic is still here, and I'm not trying to downplay it at all. Right. But um, 
so much has changed since March, right? Because the NHL put a plan together with a two bubble city type location and they've been able to pull it off. I heard today over 25,000 tests have been given with zero positive results coming in in the NHL and the bubble situation. So that tells you that um, it can be done, right? Um, well, and look, and look what's and, the, and look what it's uh, what that's done. So you you look at a bubble situation. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but the um, the NHL and the NBA were the first ones to kind of say we're going to do this bubble thing. Now the the NBA has been successful there as well. They've, they've been you know for the most part no no positive tests. So, you know, and then uh, you know people there's been a couple issues of players leaving the bubble, coming back, and they've had to sort that out. But everything's been, been good. NHL it's been since they've all arrived in the pub cities no. No positive tests, and they get tested every day still while they're there. And it's you know every week we get a report from the league and and saying these many tests have been conducted. No tests. What we're seeing with baseball, the the season is going forward, and nobody's in the stands obviously, but they're playing in the home ballparks. There's no bubble situation. Um, they get to go home after each game. They're they're still traveling to other places to play, and we've seen we've seen some little outbreaks from diff, some of the different teams have caused some postponements of games, and they've had to adjust for that. Well, now what we've seen is baseball is now looking into. Well, maybe we need to if we get if they can get to the playoff situation if they can get there safely, they're looking into possibly doing a playoff situation in a bubble. I think they realized, you know, especially as you get towards uh, October, which is where the, the playoffs would be, and they're worried about another spike of COVID. Although we're not through this wave yet, you know, but if with the flu and the spike in COVID, it could get real dangerous. They may not be able to do it safely if they don't do a bubble type thing. Well, now the NFL which is getting ready to start their season, and you're wondering how that's going to go forward. Uh, they're looking into when they get to the playoffs, and again, that could be set January or even late December, if they even play a full 16-game season. They're looking at maybe doing some bubble situations for the playoffs. So they're look, these other pro leagues are looking at what the, NBA, what the NHL and what the NBA has done and say, you know, if, if we have a chance to really get in the season, then we need to, to maybe consider doing bubble situations. But you know, you still got to get to that point. I mean, the NFL season starts here in a couple of weeks, and they're so now still going to play a 16 game season. They're not going to be able to do all 30 teams in a bubble or th- double bubble stuff. So they're um, going to have to look at that. But but they're looking at playoff situations for these other leagues if they can get to that point of doing it in bubble. So we're seeing we're seeing that the bubble situation can can work. It's a t- you know, and you say, well, can they do that in college sports? That's a little bit tougher. There's just so many different parameters involved, but. Oh yeah, that's that. I think that would be nearly impossible uh, for a student athlete to do that. But um, here's a couple of things that I want to touch on. I want to touch on the fact that what we don't know yet is uh, we know people contract it, and some people have the worst case scenario and they die. Some people uh, spend months in the hospital and and have lingering effects, but other people seem to have it asymptomatic and it goes in and goes out. They have no right now anyway, and I'm using air quotes when I say this, any long-term effects from, from having it. So here, here's the question, um, and we don't know the answer. Um, are, are people getting immune to it so that if you've had it, you're not going to get it again? That's number one, because think of what's happened over the last five or six months since this outbreak started. Um, so many people have had it. Are they immune to it now? I mean, if, you're, if your whole team goes through it, are they immune and you don't need to worry about it? And then, of course, the vaccine talk. Uh, are we going to get a vaccine? Is it going to be uh, something that can be trusted and, and, you know, 
go forward with and, and how will that affect things? So, I mean, there's just so many variables. I don't think we really know, but that's what we're here for is just to talk about it and throw it out there and kind of open the discussion, I hope, so people can continue to talk about it. And we do know that you still want to social distance. You still want to wear your mask and, you know, wash your hands and do all those things to uh, to try to curb it. But, you know, who knows? We're, we're moving down that road, right? Well, and the arguments, too, you know, those that say, you know, open up the schools and open up, and I'm not, I don't want to make this a political discussion, but, you know, open up the, you know, let them play is, you know, the argument is that, well, they, these are mostly young, healthy, active um, college students, or, or in this case of schools, you know, middle, middle high schools, you know, the, the, the rate of serious uh, infection or serious uh, health risks to them are very small. So it's, it's uh, it you know it's not a big it's not as big of a deal if if one was to contract it as, as it would affect an older person or someone who has underlying health conditions, but you know you've got a lot of these teams have coaches they've got staff members you know the fellow members on and that that are that could be more vulnerable uh, that could be a, an issue. Um, we even finding out you're right there's still a lot of unknown. I mentioned last week and you know that there's been reports that um, even people that are asymptomatic or very mild symptoms. Um, it still can do damage to someone. There was a, a baseball player that was had that got COVID and recovered and didn't really wasn't that sick, but something happened with his heart that affected his heart and he couldn't. He's not able to. He's not going to be able to play, finish the rest of the season because now they got to treat that and monitor monitor how his heart progresses or see if it gets worse or whatever. So, um, and that was from somebody that had a very mild case. So I think we're just there's so much unknown and and I can understand, you know, people wanting to play. I mean, we all want sports to be back we all want to be able to go to to stadiums we all want to be able to go and and or at least watch them on on tv and and for these athletes to be able to get to play because this is the chance for them to you know especially in college sports which is what we will focus on here is you know that the window is so small because of um you know it's so small because of the eligibility and and, and, and schooling and, and if you're trying to be a go pro in some of the bigger sports you know with with football or, or baseball basketball whatever uh, it's it's such a small one. So when you your season gets delayed like this or canceled, it's tough. Because and, and we saw that certainly with with the spring sports last year, and certainly with the NCAA tournament didn't get to happen, and with basketball, and 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 it's and it's really it is tough because you feel for them. Uh, but you know, health is certainly a, a priority, and 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 we just there's just so much we don't know about the rise. We're finding more out, and and we're certainly. I still think we're still in better position than we were when this thing started, but we're certainly not in a position, I think, uh, that we need to be, I think, before we can safely resume, obviously, to full normalcy as, as we know it. But, um, you know, and I, again, you know, I'm not going to go into political stuff, but you know, we could have, but, uh, but yeah, but it's, but it's, it, you know, the way, Good choice. It's been, Good choice. The, the way it's been handled, you know, is questions about that. And, you know, that's for, uh, that's for, CNN and Fox News and all those uh, political shows to to digest that because you certainly get plenty of that from those from those channels. So we'll dive into that here. But you know, I just I don't know. It's it's well, you know. Go ahead. Let me throw this up there, Stephen. This okay. is this is something I want to throw into the mix, and this is where it gets a little confusing for me. I understand the safety and the concerns and all of those things. I really do, but it's hard for me when I go to a rink. And I see the youth activity going on like nothing's changed. Um, I saw a newsletter that came out from the USHL saying that they're, I believe, 
November 6th is when they're going to start games. And I think sometime in mid-September, uh, their players can report to their teams and start practicing and playing. I even I think they even said they could play some exhibition-type games, scrimmages and stuff, uh, in preparing themselves for a November start of the USHL. Now, that's right below the NCAA level. That's major junior hockey. So if they're all going forward with it, it leads me to believe what's going on with, you know, what's the difference, right? I mean, what's the difference between a 14-year-old kid going through uh, hockey practice like normal in Phoenix, Arizona, and a 20-year-old kid in in ACHA or NCAA hockey? Um, and I know, I think I know the answer. I think it's liability. I think there's a lot higher liability for the universities if something should happen to their student athletes. So I think that's why we're seeing so much caution. I'd like to believe it's health reasons, but, but I mean, it, it, it's just so confusing to me because you see all these other areas that are going full bore and yet others aren't. So I don't know. Let's yeah. take another quick break. Let's uh, come back and then let's sneak some NHL talk in because uh, the coyotes were eliminated today as we know. I, I know and, I'm looking uh, forward. I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> we've got a certain someone that's on that's, uh, that's not Stephen uh, Morris. That's got some words about the Coyotes. I can't wait to hear. He's had a chance to cool down a little bit, I'm sure, since the game. But can't wait to hear your I little have, uh, remarks. I, I have, and uh, thank goodness for that. But uh, let's take a couple-minute break. Let's hear from a couple more of our partners, and we'll be right back on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy and Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, as always, from Las Vegas, Nevada. And, uh, Stephen, there's been some hockey being played over the last uh, month or so, uh, NHL style. 
Uh, we're going to start off by talking about the uh, Vegas Golden Knights because the uh, Golden Knights uh, accomplished what they wanted to do, uh, advancing to the second round with a 4-1 series win over Chicago. And you being in Vegas, I want you to give me a little recap of that series, what you liked, what you didn't like, what they have to do to uh, continue to play hockey in the uh, what we're now calling, I guess, the final eight in NHL playoffs. Sure. Well, I mean, I, what I liked is they're, uh, they obviously won the series and they won it in five games. So what that does for them now is they get a week in between. I'm sure the next series won't start until probably next Tuesday or Wednesday as the other series are still going, finishing up the rest of this week. Uh, so you're like that. They're going to get some chance to, to heal and rest, you know, a couple of maybe uh, bodies that might be a little bruised up or banged up as a result of the, the round-robin games and, of course, these this, this first-round series with Chicago. Uh, and, of course, it gives a chance for the fun committee, as they've been calling themselves, to kind of come up with some stuff to do. Uh, for, for The fun for committee. The, I love the fun committee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, which I believe is uh, Nate Schmidt and uh, I think Ryan Reese. I, I forget. Oh, I think uh, – forget who the other one is, but uh, I'll have to look that up and write it down. But, uh, yeah, so – and then they'll do some stuff. But, but for a hockey perspective, yeah, it's – it's good that they finished up the series in five games. Um, you know, I think also too, uh, what you'd like to see is uh, the power play could be a little bit uh, more efficient. I think they, they only got one power play goal, and it was in last night's game in the whole uh, whole playoff so far, or maybe at least in the series. You are correct. Yeah, and you are correct. One power play. One power play goal, right? So it you like to maybe see more more of that. Uh, maybe just. Get off to some better starts. I mean, they got down two nothing in this game, the last night's game, and they got, of course, down in the sixth uh, August, the game prior to that, and and they lost that game. But you know, but what's been good is the third period, uh, strong third period. They've outscored their opponent by by ten ten to two, or now to, uh, eleven to two in the third period. Uh, so that's been a positive. And what was good last night was the second period. Usually, the second period is a pretty bad period for the Golden Knights, but it was good last night outscoring the Blackhawks two to one. So, um, you know, there's a lot to a lot to like here. I, you know, we have to kind of see now who they're going to play, and you know, the way it's, the reseeding is working this year, we don't know. Uh, well, we know it's not we know it's not Arizona. So Colorado has moved on, and then you have uh, you've still got St. Louis and Vancouver going, which they're playing right now. That series is two two. You also got Dallas, who I was giving up on earlier in the series, but now is up 3-2 <laughs> on Calgary. And how does that look? Well, Colorado right now is the two seed. St. Louis is the four seed, and Vancouver is the fifth seed. Dallas is the three seed, and Calgary is the six seed. I'm saying it all out because I'm writing it down as I'm saying it. Uh, but so you got Colorado's moved on, so they couldn't play Colorado. Uh, the next option, the lowest seed remaining is Calgary. So Calgary ends up beating Dallas. They'll play Calgary, but Dallas moves on, then the three seed moves on. Then it comes down to the winner of the St. Louis-Vancouver series, uh, which would be the 4-5 matchup. They would play that uh, seed. So, oh, they would play that matchup. And if, if you look at that, uh, St. Louis, which coming in, you know, was maybe we were talking about having some uh, rustiness or certainly some maybe some problems with being motivated or, or whatever the case may be. It seems like maybe they're starting to turn up another switch and, and – uh, get back into it. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in this game tonight. But um, for the Golden Knights perspective, though, that's that's a tough matchup. They've always had kind of a tough time with St. Louis. They did beat them in the round-robin games, but uh, it's it's St. Louis has always been kind of a problem for the Golden Knights in the uh, in the three 
season. So that and that's that's just the opposite of the Blackhawks. I believe they're twelve and two against the Blackhawks now. <laughs> yeah, correct. They're in their existence. So and, that that was uh, uh, you know quite a, a dominating uh, rivalry that started up. Uh, you know, of course, when the Golden Knights came in. But uh, here's my question to you. Uh, we've seen Robin Leonard. We saw one game of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. We both know that they're starting caliber goaltenders and top-tier goaltenders in the NHL. Um, if you're Pete DeBoer, do you stick with Robin Leonard? Do you alternate? Do you go to Marc-Andre Fleury? Well, what do you do uh, to start this next series, no matter who it is? Yeah, you know, this has become really quite an interesting um... I don't want to say it's a it's a controversy, but it's become quite a, a storyline for the for the Golden Knights. You know, I'm you know when people when Robin Leonard was named the number one starter, there was probably a lot of people that you know was kind of maybe upset by that because Flurry's been the guy. You know, he's been the, the franchise uh, goalie here, obviously from the beginning, and obviously the the great run of the final in the first season, and and he's been you know he's been the guy. And then you know they bring a guy like Leonard in. Um, you know they they knew that they didn't have a solid backup before uh, Leonard. So they, they traded for Leonard and they, they get Leonard. And, you know, what's kind of interesting storyline is that Leonard played his former team, the Blackhawks, who at the time they made that trade probably didn't think they were going to be in the playoffs, let alone end up playing the guy that they traded and, and they were going to beat Well, it was, them. A, it was a process for Chicago to get there, first of all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I but, agree. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, and we got we saw Flory play one in the game and then, and then Leonard played, you know, Leonard played – the last the game before and, and lost, but but lost to Crawford who was standing on his head. And then, you know, I would have thought they would have went to Flurry uh, the last game, but they went with Leonard again, and and he won. But yeah, when he comes, it's going to be real interesting because you look at you look at a week now. They're not going to play for a week. They'll practice, I'm sure. Obviously, they will, but they're not going to play probably for a week. And you know, Flurry. Is obviously played the one game in the last series, but if they start Leonard in game one, you know when are you going to get Flurry in there, and, and how rusty yeah. is he going to be? So exactly. I don't, I don't, and you and Leonard Leonard's played uh, most of the games now. They're going to have a week off, so everybody should be rested. But you know, but you also you put Flurry in there. I mean, you know, it's a good problem to have. I guess is what I'm trying to say is you 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 can put either goalie in there, and they probably can can give you you know they're going to give you a good chance to win. I like the way the team played with Flurry and then, you know, I think there's some players on there that obviously they're from the beginning that, that, um, you know, Flurry has been there with them and they've been through the trenches obviously in the first season and, and certainly last year, but I, you know, I, I'm, I, I, it's hard to say, I, I would guess he'll probably go with Leonard again. It seems like Leonard is going to be the guy, although they've said, you know, they've got two quality goaltenders and they do. And, and uh, Flurry's obviously being, um, he's being a, gentleman about it or as uh, humble about it and you know he'd love to be in there well, he's but he, a total teammate you know teammate exactly yep but uh right now I, I i couldn't say i guess if i guess it probably would be leonard but I, I, maybe it depends on who they match up with and uh and, but i i don't know because i would think you'd want to get flurry in there sooner so but you started in, in game one but then if flurry's rusty and you lose then you lose game one and you're down in the series but it's not the end of the world either so I don't know when you get Flurry in there, so he can okay. be as sharp as can be. So you've gone five minutes and told me absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, that's if you ask the well, if you ask the coaches that, they're gonna they're, they're gonna tell you that they might tell you a lot. They might tell you a lot sooner. 
uh, five giving, minutes, but uh, but I'm giving you <laughs> I'm giving you a bad time, but because uh, because we really don't know. I mean, they can go either way, and 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 Ooh. whatever happens, they'll be a devil's advocate, you know, going, oh, you should have done this or you should have done that. But anyway, who they, who who are the Arizona Coyotes starting in the next game? Oh uh, well, okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. So we know that uh, uh, that the Golden Knights have moved on. We know what they have. Uh, I've talked about them being the best team in the West. I think. The two best teams in the West are Colorado and and Vegas, and I think they played it. They played itself out to this point, and I think yeah. it may continue to. Um, I think the other two series are gonna, like I told you in the beginning, they're gonna beat each other up, uh, and I think they're gonna probably go six or seven uh, games, and they're gonna have a tough time uh, matching up with two teams that are rested and that are, uh, you know, a little bit different style between Vegas and Colorado, but but still dominant in what they do and playing their game and they control the game. That's why they win. Okay. So here we go. As you know, I've been in Vegas since uh, before there was a Vegas hockey team. I was up there um, before they'd even decided to have a team. I, I talked about what they were going to do. I saw the, uh, the building go up. I saw T-Mobile go up. I saw city national. I saw the general manager, George McPhee come in Um I saw all that, okay, and I I make comments, and people can go back and look at my comments from four and a half years ago. Um, Vegas did it absolutely 100% correct. Now, there's a bunch of factors, right? Um, Bill Foley is a diehard winner, but he's also a diehard competitor. He's been uh, in in the Army, in the uh, the Golden Knights, right? So he knows uh, competition. And, uh, of course, he's got a pretty sizable bank account, so he can do what needs to be done. But from the very start, I said this is going to be different because he doesn't take no for an answer very easy, whether it's a player contract, whether it's uh, a color color on a building or a design of a logo. Um, He knows what he wants, and he generally gets it. So there we go. Seeing that and then also seeing what I've seen with the Arizona Coyotes, and and I'm going to preface this by saying I am a hockey fan first, right? Uh, I love cheering for the Golden Knights. I love cheering for the Coyotes. I've seen them since the very start. And one of the things that has frustrated me the most is uh, I see the Vegas fans. Let's start with the fanship. I see the Vegas fans 100% on board, win, lose, or draw, and they've been fortunate to win a lot of games in the first three years. But – Win, lose, or draw, that fan base is there. Uh, in Arizona, the fan base is much smaller, but they try to hang in there, win, lose, or draw, through all the circumstances on and off the ice. And it, they're two different, completely different NHL franchises from what the Coyotes have been through and what Vegas has gone through. So I'm not comparing the two by any stretch. The frustration for me, Stephen, comes in at the compete level, right? Because uh, – you know, there was no doubt on paper, and we saw it on the ice, that Colorado was a better team right now than the Arizona Coyotes. Um, so were, were the Coyotes going to win the series? Uh, you know, I picked them, but that was more sentimental than than real brains. Um, well, and you picked them in four games, too. That was really ambitious. <laughs> no, I did not. I picked them in seven. Oh, you did? Well, it said four on the graphics. I picked Vegas so. in four. I put oh, Vegas in four. Okay. I thought you picked it. It said on the graphic that, no. we, that was tweeted that it was four games. Uh, they did that wrong. I said seven. Okay, okay. And anyway, I, I thought it could be an upset, but but here's the point I'm getting at. 
you know, I, I'm a competitor, right? I played professional golf. I did uh, play competitive hockey. Um, and one thing that, that I can't forgive is, is quitting and giving up. Um, you might be getting pounded and, and you just don't quit skating. You don't quit doing what you need to do. It, that, that, that quit just is a term that I have a hard time with. And I, I can't say because I wasn't in the locker room. I'm just telling you what my eyes saw on TV the last two games. When you're an NHL team and you're getting throttled seven to one, two days in a row, there has to be some quit in somebody along the way and more than just one person. And I feel for Rick Tockett because he is a competitor right down to his bones. And uh, for him to have to go through that, I know he wears his emotions on his sleeves and you can see it. It was killing him to the point where I think he wanted to step on the ice. So take nothing away from Colorado. They're a fantastic hockey team, and they do great things, and they're going to go a long ways. Uh, I don't think they can get past Vegas, but they will get that point, uh, no doubt in my mind. So when I talk about the Coyotes, I go, at what point do you, do you say, I, I'm playing for personal pride here? I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be a team that got beat back-to-back times seven to one. So hopefully this is a learning experience, and hopefully they they come back and they regroup. And I understand the situation probably better than anybody. Um, they didn't. They replaced their president and, and CEO. They replaced their general manager, uh, albeit not in good terms. Um, they went off to the bubble. Uh, with some players that weren't sure they were going to be able to play or not play. Uh, I get all that, but it still doesn't take away from the competition part of it. And when, when I can sit on my couch uh, and they're playing in Edmonton and I'm in Scottsdale and I can watch on TV and see the compete is not there. And I'm talking about little things, Stephen. I'm talking about six feet to a loose puck. I'm talking about uh, knowing where your man is on the ice. If you're playing the Colorado Avalanche, for example, you cannot lose sight of Nathan McKinnon because he will kill you. And guess who else will? Nazem Kadri. So you cannot lose sight of those two players. And no matter what you do, somebody has to know where they are at all times. And if nothing else, knock them down. I mean, get in their way, do something. But you can't do nothing. And uh, in the last two games, it appeared the Coyotes did nothing. And that resulted in a 7-1 game on game four and 7-1 in the elimination game today in game five. So while I'm still 100% a Coyotes fan, and while I will support the team just like I do the Golden Knights and and my Minnesota Wild, um, because I'm a fan first, I, I can't forgive effort, right? The one thing that you can control in everything you do is your effort, uh, whether it's a podcast host, whether it's an NHL player, whether it's a professional golfer, whether it's a baseball player, it doesn't matter. You can control your effort and what you do. But um, sometimes you just get beat by a better team, okay? But if you get beat by a better team because you gave it 100%, no problem with that. But if you get beat by a better team that shellacks you because you quit, you gave up, you didn't give 100%, um, I have a problem with that. Okay, my soapbox just got kicked out from under my feet. Well, I'm done with it. I hope the Coyotes uh, – come back and are stronger. It's only about another two and a half months until the next season starts up. So, well, let's, I, uh, I, I want to say one, I sure. want to say one thing is 
the person I really feel bad for for the Coyotes is is Darcy Kemper because he did not quit and he he didn't give up and uh, even in those games where you know they, they make the goalage but you do that to try to change things up more than anything because Kemper was was the MVP of the team and and certainly was was the MVP of why they got past uh, Edmonton which you know is surprising that they they can get a t- past a team like Edmonton and you know Edmonton is not at Colorado's level yet but and then you get to you get to get to a team like Colorado and they just seem like they they don't have anything beyond the the third game. Then the first two games there was some fight in there still, but it just seemed like the the rest at least these last two games too it just seemed like there was just nothing really left for them. Um but you feel bad for Kemper because he he had some outstanding performances and and this just seemed like the the rest of the team couldn't really uh really give him a, a fair shot. I mean, they were getting heavily outshot in most of the series in most of the games and and oh, you're just yeah. not going to be able to generate a lot of offense. Again, a lot of that goes to Colorado's credit, their speed, and they're able to control the pace. But but you got to be able to, to get in there more often. So uh, I feel well, bad for Kemper. And that, that's, but, that's effort, my friend. That that's is effort. effort. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing as well. Um, Alex Murillo bought the team. Uh, he's had it about a year now. And all indications are that he's going to be a great owner, something that we've needed for a long time here in Arizona. But um, it, it all starts at the top. And you can use Vegas as a great example. It starts at the top with Bill Foley. The, the direction of the hockey team is unmistakable uh, from Bill Foley down. And it goes through George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and then on to Pete DeBoer and then into the locker room and then on to the players and then on to the ice. Uh, where the disconnect, in my estimation, has come with the Coyotes, and I hope that we've turned the corner on this, is in ownership. It has to start from the ownership. You have to demand excellence and competition and settles for nothing less. And then he has to pass that down the stream. And I know because of uh, ownership issues and all of that, that hasn't been possible. And I'm hoping that this is the turning point. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm disappointed in the effort. Um, but but I'm excited for the future because I think uh, things will get back to normal and it's a little different environment obviously between Vegas and Arizona because Vegas well now has a second pro team in the Raiders but down here you have the Suns the Diamondbacks the Cardinals the NCAA team at at ASU and football basketball and so that it's a different climate I get it but still uh, it's the effort thing that bothers me so if you get one thing out of our show tonight folks Understand that effort is something that uh, I just can't forgive. If you if you can't give effort in what you're doing, then my recommendation is just don't do it. How's that? Sounds good. I <laughs> I think I think the Coyotes said to hire you aboard and uh, get get them going. I mean, they're in it. They need a new GM. I mean, the GM quit uh, left them right before the playoffs even started. So that's a whole other thing. But but uh, yeah. But so when you that was kind of but yeah. I mean. I agree with what you said. Effort is always a certainly an important thing, and that's just one of the things that that you need in sports to 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 perform and to do to do well. I mean, you can be the greatest player in the world, and and we we see that in every sport. We have the greatest players, but you need you need the players around you. One person can't do it alone, and and you have to have the effort that you want to win. And and that's one thing that the Golden Knights certainly look like is, and even if you see their press post game well, press conference, they're motivated. They they know what the goal is. They they weren't too excited after that first round series with the uh, Blackhawks. They were they were excited they won the series. It was more of a relief that they got through it, and and but they weren't like overly exuberant because they expected to win that series and they they knew they were, they should have won that series. 
and uh, and so that's 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 a mark of a championship caliber team. Let me tell you this: we're running out of time, so you got to do your read here yep. in just a second. My final comment is going to be: um, I have never seen anything with my own two eyes like I saw City National Arena get built. Um, I believe Bill Foley wanted that done by the time that it was time to start training camp one way or another. And I believe he was told by the construction company that it would take about another three or four months uh, past that date to build it the way they needed to build it. And I believe he told them, no, you're going to get it done. And I believe they worked almost around the clock to get city national arena done. And from that day forward, I could tell you that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to be winners no matter how you looked at it because that is a work ethic by example. And uh, when when you have that leadership, goodness gracious, I mean, that is so important. So, again, uh, you know, congratulations to the Coyotes for getting in and, and doing the work that they had to do and, and doing the best. But, but come on, you, you got to pick up the effort. You just have to. Um, you, you can't lose games like that because of effort. You have to at least battle. Uh, and I saw many puck battles that were lost. Uh, the final thing is congratulations to the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, you did everything that uh, I thought you were going to do. I thought you might do it in four, but you know what? It wasn't because of the lack of effort. Go ahead, Stephen. Take it away and uh, wrap up Club Hockey Southwest Weekly for us, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and De Niro. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is presenting partner of the Sunday special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you to see the top line of four trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms, in accordance with CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, see Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. By Summer Skates, our line of shower shoes can show off your fandom or team unity with a custom design. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time to get back to hockey. For all of your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations or go to behindthemask.com. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe, by ASU fans, for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all of your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Can't See on Tequila. Find the bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. By MDrive, go to MDriveForMen.com. Use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. MDrive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the Ice Den, Scottsdale and Chandler. Visit our websites for ice availability. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. 
Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, we ran a little bit long, but that's because I got on my soapbox and uh, almost fell off and hurt myself. But I'm okay, folks. I'm, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> we will see you next week. Make sure you tune in Sunday night for our special pandemic playoff podcast, uh, episode number two of nine, as we go each week breaking down the NHL playoffs for you. So for uh, my co-host in Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh, Scott Strandy saying goodnight from Scottsdale with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro.